Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 18th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, this is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. The supreme law of the land is the Constitution for the United States of America. The checks and balances are brilliant, and that is our guide, our blueprint for liberty. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Today, we've got a bunch of great guests, as did we yesterday. Today, Eldon Stahl, Regional Coordinator for the John Birch Society. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you so much, Sam. It's great to be here. We've got so much to discuss. Yesterday, I had on Larry Pratt, our dear friend, Gun Owners of America. Actually, he's retired, so we discussed all things liberty. And we talked about the power of zero. This is a fantastic concept, in my opinion, Larry brought up. Uh, what he says is, you know what? Congress, the House, the Senate, the President, the courts, the whatever, all three branches of government, they can all debate anything they want to. But at the end of the day, all the House needs to do, since they control the purse strings, is just fund zero. Zero to the FBI for their criminal activity. Zero to the Justice Department for their criminal activity. Zero to any unconstitutional agencies. And you know what? The debate's over. We'll fund only constitutional bills from here on out. We'll only fund the constitutional proper role of limited government. Now, we may politely fund a little bit more so that we can not crash the plane. We can bring it down safely. I get that. But he's talking about the power of Zero. I think that's really important to understand, and I think a really important principle. Uh, Eldon, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, often people in Congress, like, for example, Ron Paul, are ridiculed for saying no. But actually, with what Congress has been doing for the last not quite a number of decades, we need definitely more and more people in Congress that simply vote no. There you have it. I couldn't agree more. We've got to do something. Believe it or not, billionaire and CEO of Tesla and Twitter, Elon Musk, he told the folks on CNN, or I guess CNBC in this case, David Favor, he uh, said, you know what? I believe the 2000 election was not stolen. But there was a small amount of fraud, he says. And I guess my response is that's an interesting statement. He's trying to walk the middle line. He's trying to say it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, it wasn't really stolen, but there was fraud. How do you have that both ways like Elon Musk pretends you can? I think he, um, he, he gets credited for being the smartest man in the world, but I think he's kind of ignorant. We had fraud, uh, but we don't think it made a difference to change the election. Now, you can have that view, but let's ground our discussion in facts, not just your kind of first glance opinion what the heck's going on with a statement like that it sounds like to me he knows there's fraud but he's hoping that we'll trust the smartest man in the world and dismiss it and not um double down on that reality check eldon yeah the, you know we get that line often 
part of it, though, is that there are not sufficient, um, I guess, mechanisms in place often to even gather enough evidence to establish that there was fraud. Uh, so, you know, the stuff that does get picked up, it's it's things that uh, somebody was just absolutely stupid, like they, um, you know, they they mailed in their mail-in ballot and then they showed up on election day. And, you know, obviously that was something that can't be uh, ignored. <laughs> they were just stupid and, and then they get um, charged with a felony or something like that. But beyond that, it's, there's... Um, there's so much, I guess, inability in, in so many places to even even gather evidence. Uh, so how, there's no way to present that in court or anything. I agree with you that there's a lot of situations where there's not enough evidence. But there's a lot of situations where we do have enough evidence. And I'll give you an example, and we'll get into this later in the broadcast. But the Durham bombshell reveals that, you know what, there was a literal... Um, Police coup against the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Phillips of Crossroads talks about this. But look, the report from special counsel John Durham basically said, look, they didn't have any evidence. They went ahead anyway. The American people are now learning the truth that Operation Crossfire Hurricane, it was bogus. The Russia claims were false. Yep. Hillary Clinton funded it. And it was not only when he was a candidate, but when he was president, it continued. All right. It's so bad. Marjorie Taylor Greene now has filed articles of impeachment against FBI Director Christopher Wray. Um, this is we've got evidence. And I, you know, at first you say, well, same. You just dovetailed from election fraud to the FBI. No, I didn't. I'm convinced when the FBI literally got in bed with a candidate, Hillary Clinton, and literally promoted this lie, knowingly promoted this lie to make President Trump look bad. Uh, and then they buried stories about Hunter Biden. Whistleblower now says, hey, IRS removed entire investigative team from Hunter Biden probe per the DOJ request. So now you've got literally spiking stories about Joe and Hunter, and you've got promoting false narrative about Donald Trump. How do we say that's not election tampering? How do we say that's not enough evidence? You have Hillary Clinton and crew weaponizing rogue government and the Trump administration and Russia were literally set up by U.S. intelligence. This is, uh, in my opinion, where yeah. we don't need all the other evidence. This is criminal to where we need to end the FBI. We need to shut down the Justice Department. They're flat out criminal and rogue and everything they've done in the last who knows how long cannot be trusted anymore. Yeah, that would probably be the best outcome out of this. Um, you know, so far as criminal um, proceedings and things, uh, the difficulty is if it's not lifted outside of uh, Washington, D.C. for a trial or, um, you know, court dates and all that, um, these people are probably going to go scot-free because uh, the – Washington D.C. votes 90% Democrat, so uh, it's it's a real difficult situation there. Um, but you've got Congress, and if they had enough um, pressure, um, they certainly could get rid of the FBI or the CIA. 
um, difficult to get, I think, impeachments and removal from office because you would need two-thirds of the Senate to vote guilty, which is 67. And mm, I don't know, you'd almost have to shame or drive out uh, some of the Democrats, I would think, to get them to vote guilty. So um, that's a that's a difficult situation there. But the House might vote to impeach. Well, the House could vote to impeach, number one, but they could also vote to defund, ladies and gentlemen. This is something that we really need to focus right. on and understand. And that's why I highlighted that zero uh, plan by Republican. You know, look, you can talk all day, Justice Department, but you don't have any money anymore. We're absolutely going to defund you. This isn't something we're dreaming about or we're thinking about. We're going to do it. We're going to defund national public radio. It's gone. Okay, Vice Media has to file for Chapter Mm -hmm. 11 bankruptcy already, faces sale to creditors. Hey, couldn't have happened to a nicer group. Gone. Let's have people start to stand up. And look, we don't need the Senate. We don't need the president. We don't need the courts. We can just do it. We don't need anything else for that, Eldon. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, sort of, I think, one of the most viable routes at this point for dealing with the situation is the the funding side of it. And, uh, you know, that's a power of the people through their representatives. And the U.S. House of Representatives is intended to represent the people. It's it's apportioned by population. And uh, it was intended to be that way, where the people uh, would be able to have ultimate control on what goes on in the federal level uh, through the power of the purse, the ability to control. Uh, it's kind of like the, the people have their hands on the checkbook. And if the check doesn't get signed, it doesn't get done. That's the bottom line. I was talking to Lowell Nelson the other day, and we were talking about a bunch of incredible columns, Jacob G. Hornberger for one of them. Involuntary servitude in Russia and in Ukraine and in the U.S. Um, you know, they say, hey, we got a, a new idea. Let's start a war with China. That's NATO's idea. Ron Paul wrote that article. Please call all members of Congress and politely demand an end to the U.S. support of NATO. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Tom Woods' podcast talks about the continued rise of the anti-war right. You know, are we helping by throwing money and munitions at the problem? The states never gave the general government authority to go after monsters to destroy. Okay, now you say, Sam, what about your clarion call for civility? You sound pretty bold. You sound pretty intense. No, my clarion call for civility still stands. Callforcivility.com to learn about it. But if we're not very careful, we're going to bring America into bankruptcy. You know what? The, when, when, when the House of Cards fall, it isn't going to be fun. If we have a coup d'etat via the FBI or the Justice Department or um, the communist extremes in America, it isn't going to be pleasant. So my plans, even though they sound pretty intense, they're actually the peaceful road. We'll talk about that with Eldon Stahl. And we're going to have Brian Rust and Kelly Finnegan join us for the Honest Money Report. We're going to do it all in seconds on your radio.
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl on your radio. We're talking about, look, they need to just start defunding. They need to just simply say, no, we're not going to go along with this. We're not going to just do whatever they want to do. We're not just going to you know, play games between the House and the Senate, uh, the Congress and the President, the Congress and the courts or whatever. When are they going to do this? Kevin McCarthy sounds like he's trying to be bold, but in my opinion, he's completely clueless. Eldon, what do you say to that? Well, yeah, uh, if you look at, at McCarthy's voting record in the past, it hasn't exactly been stellar when you compare it to the U.S. Constitution. Um, so he's <laughs> probably not going to be the most dependable type of person in enforcing the Constitution as Speaker. Uh, it's just, you know, the things, the, the best, I guess, predictor of future behavior is often past behavior. And, uh, I, I don't expect any, any big epiphany, uh, by Speaker McCarthy at this point, but who knows? Um, he could have his road to Damascus moment, I suppose, and, uh, decide to enforce the constitution more faithfully. But yeah, it's, uh. That's, that's that's the type of speaker we have, but uh, it, it's, of course, different than if we had, say, a Democratic speaker. 
Well, Kevin McCarthy uh, literally uh, forced his way to be speaker. You know, there was 20-plus people that did not want him to be speaker at all. And what's interesting to me, mm-hmm. he basically said, yeah, I'll even bring the threshold down to one to remove me, to start the removal process if you don't like what I do. And uh, so the 20 got their arms twisted, and they went along. I don't see really what Kevin McCarthy's really done since that's been super valuable. I mean, there's been a few things. Yeah, they're trying to pass a couple of bills. They're they're trying to, you know, focus on different things. I see a little progress, but I don't really see anything of super substance that they've done. Do you, Eldon? Yeah, I don't know what what he's done they can really hang his hat on and say oh well look what i did he made a lot of um <laughs> compromises you might say deals so that he could become speaker and some of those uh probably benefited us but uh i don't know about his speakership so far um necessarily you know it's an interesting kind of an idea kelly finnegan with us com. welcome back sir good to be here sam um, what do you think about this? I'm basically saying, look, we need to have a zero. The power of zero is what Larry Pratt of Gun Owners of America talked about with me yesterday. And the idea is, look, the House doesn't have to fund anything they don't want to. They control the purse strings. So you know what? The Senate can take a hike. The president can take a hike. All they got to do is fund that which is constitutional or fund that which is appropriate. The rest they can simply say no to. Uh, and we've got to start defunding things. We've got to start taking money away from the federal government. But I look at Kevin McCarthy. He's about to sit down with, with Joe Biden's guys. They're all smiling and, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, I think we've got a solution here. They're going to sell us down the river. Uh, and I just feel like what has McCarthy really done significantly that matters since he took office or took, since he took the helm of the Speaker of the House? I don't see much. Now, maybe I'm missing something. Kelly, what do you say? Well, I had a, a friend several years ago ask me how they could keep the government, the federal government, from doing that. And I said, you know, they, they get their money from the state. Imagine if half the state said, you know what, we're not going to send in our allotment to the federal government. Um, what would they do if they didn't have half that money? And that's easy to do. Um, and a lot of states that receive money wouldn't be getting it. And they only have money because the states are willing to give it to them. You take that money away, and then the, the Congress can pass all the bills they want. But if they don't have anything, there, then they'll have to print it all. What do you say, Eldon? I think that's right. Uh, but I also think the states pretty much well, are on the dole. They give in some money, but they get a lot back. And it's all this fake money printing that causes the, the moral hazard. Yeah, there's been some proposals to have the, have the states uh, basically have an escrow account where they decide uh, if they're going to send in certain monies to the federal government. And uh, you know, I, there's of course certainly heated debate as to whether that would actually be um, uh, feasible. But uh, but yeah, it, you raise a good point that you know states like well Wyoming even or Utah. Um, a very significant portion of their budgets are from federal dollars. And so uh, there's a lot of leverage that the federal government has over their, uh, their state, the state governments. Uh, until the states wean themselves off of that, they're constantly going to be lobbying for, for more 
money there and of course there's always strings attached to that so there's there's two sides to that discussion well and i wanted to say too that the money that the state gives us or the federal government sends back to utah as money that the state of utah has already sent to the government and then they say well you get this much back or whatever and then they 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 print whatever but if each state just started saying, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going to take care of our own, that would really cause some problems. Yeah, we well, don't it, need your money. We'll take care of ourselves. It would be the solution. Uh, the problem, too, is when they basically take our money and then they give it back to us. They give it back with strings attached, Kelly. Right, right. But I'm saying just don't give it to them and say, you know what, we don't want your money. It's like colleges that uh, – don't want to play by the the rules that they set up for getting funding fine you don't have to take and there's a few colleges that have the backbone to say you know what we're, we're going to fund ourselves thank you very much but we're going to be okay without it we're not going to have any student loans or anything or we'll we'll make sure that our students can get the money somehow and if states would do that the federal government would be standing there you know with egg on their face because these states turned their back on the federal government and said, no, we don't want your money. That is the start the to the solution. Stuff. That's for sure. Uh, the other discussion is going to be about taxes and property tax. We'll talk about that in just a second. Where's gold looking right now, Kelly? Well, gold, I was just reading the seven-week low versus the U.S. dollar. So the dollar's strong for some reason. And everybody buys that. So gold's down to 1960. Last weekend, I remember it was over. Sorry, it say it again. You broke out 1960. 40. And, and last, $1,960 and 40 cents. Right. And last uh, Friday, Saturday, it was over like 2,025. So it's come down quite a bit. All right, 1960, so, 40. Silver? Yeah, silver twenty three dollars and fifty eight cents. That's down to some, right? Platinum. Yep, platinum's the one that's shining. It's up to a thousand seventy two, so it's the one that's really been moving. And the reason and that is is the plunge per team doesn't the the print plunge per team doesn't um, seem to manipulate that one as much. They don't get involved and manipulate that because they believe that. Most people don't pay attention to that, number one. And number two, let that kind of be hold out as the standard. But they, they have less paper play if they have less variables to move, right? Right. And it's such a small market. I mean, it's a, you know, not even 10% of gold. And gold's even smaller than silver. Really. Well, I guess it's bigger, but silver's it's smaller than silver. So It's, it's more in terms of dollars because silver or gold's worth so much more, but it's smaller in terms of actual pure metal used in places right 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 but that's actually more useful it's probably the most useful of all the metals that we have is platinum so um and then rhodium is got a two thousand dollar spread between bid and ask and the ask is seventy nine hundred dollars so it's really come down that number is huge eldon Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see what uh, how all this is, you know, changing and things, and how how that's going to affect things. 
but uh, isn't plat isn't is it platinum or palladium? I should know. That's in the catalytic converters that all these you know people are getting trying to well, trying to get and sell. <laughs> Yeah, and then went to palladium, and so you have to have platinum for uh, diesels. But uh, the price, the only reason that platinum's down is because they went to palladium, and the only reason palladium's up is because they went to that instead of platinum. So I remember when it was mm. two fifty an ounce for for palladium. So yeah, it's a, it's it's, a, it's playing around. Quick pause, Liberty Roundtable, live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Lance Prime. A hearing is taking place on the Hill today involving multiple whistleblowers from the FBI alleging illegal activities at the highest levels of America's top law enforcement agency. Wyoming Representative Republican Harriet Hageman on the need for whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are protected by law, and the reason is simple and understandable. We must be able to count on disclosures from rank-and-file employees in order to conduct our oversight and hold people accountable for wrongdoing. Hageman on what's been discovered by the whistleblowers. Misallocation of law enforcement resources and misconduct within the leadership ranks of the FBI. In short, the leadership in the FBI is politically corrupt. President Biden is in Hiroshima, Japan today. He's meeting with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Tomorrow is the start of the G7 summit as the USA continues to teeter on default with the national debt. Illegal immigrants in cities throughout America are creating a burden the Biden administration has forced on municipalities because of their border policies. Joe Borelli on Fox News is a New York City councilman. Well, it's a sign our priorities are completely out of whack. I mean, this is a problem that's now costing $8 million a day. Uh, that money could be going for homeless veterans. It could be going for school lunches. It could be going for uh, you know, health care for the sick. It could be going for a whole bunch of services that the city provides. But because we've decided to have this, this woke experiment of being a sanctuary city, uh, we are now essentially boxed in by our own progressiveness. North Carolina lawmakers overrode a veto by Democrat Governor Roy Cooper last night, enacting a ban on most abortions after 12 weeks of gestation. There are some exceptions to the law. The ban will take effect in July. Thanks for listening. It's well appreciated as we get this Thursday underway. USA News. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. 
Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Kelly Finnegan, RustCoinandGift.com. And uh, Eldon Stahl with us, ladies and gentlemen, John Birch Society. There's so much to cover, so little time. Interesting, the dollar's holding very strong right now. Why? It's anybody's guess, but it all comes down to manipulation. They're able to really make a paper play and temporarily control things. But, you know, there's an article written in The New American that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit that I think is incredible. Uh, it's written by Louis Miguel, and uh, the article says it's time to abolish the property tax. Uh, and he goes on and talks about how the Republicans, when they got elected in 2022, <clears throat> they lost their heads. They were concerned about how to win over suburban voters. Some voters within the GOP say they ought to move way left. <clears throat> but such arguments miss the mark, he says. First of all, it's simply immoral and disingenuous to jettison your political convictions for expediency. You know what? We don't want to sell out the good. Secondly, that line of talking is overly simplistic, he goes on. Anyway, he basically talks about property taxes, virtually a communist tax. All right? They need to double down and stand up for liberty and take the abuse off the people. This is one of the ways when we talk about zero funding, this is one of the ways we can start with the federal government and the states for money and just say, look, you know what? You're going to live off very limited amounts of money. Okay. And we need to simply say, look, we need to abolish property tax. There's a couple of states that don't have property taxes, but they have ever increasing other abusive taxes to make up for it. I'm looking for the first state that has no property or income tax. Nevertheless, this article is spot on in terms of, what Republicans need to do. They need to deliver true constitutionalism and freedom for the people. Don't just settle for feckless half measures. Double down and deliver something the people could trust and respect. What better way to show our spine and deliver much needed relief for all families by jettisoning the property tax? Kelly, you first. Well, you're assuming, Sam, that people want freedom, and that's the, that's the problem. People would be rather have that free lunch than actually say no, and I'll get it some other way. So they're, they, they, they want the bennies that come from that. So, you know, the, the, any, any politician that gets in and then does that won't get reelected, and that's the business of politicians is get reelected. Sounds great. I agree with it, but it won't happen. Eldon? Yeah, well, it's something that the people certainly need to demand. Uh, One big, of course, push for property tax has uh, generally been the uh, public schools, the the universities, but also K through 12. And um, so part of that formula needs to be people need to – and when, what better time to take your child 
and walk out of the schools and never look back because they're doing stuff that uh, most people would be ashamed of. Um, but, uh, yeah, the there are there have been uh, some initiatives in states like North Dakota to push and end property tax. Uh, and that's uh, definitely a good thing. Um, one thing that's so oppressive about property tax, I know, is, you know, it's it's not uh, a function. The level of property tax is not a function of any actual need or a budget or anything from, uh, say, the police or fire or school or anything like that. It's dependent upon uh, what is supposedly the market value or the assessed value of your home. And, of course, the market, uh, you know, it a lot of places it's going up and up and up so far as prices. Uh, you know, that works great for the, for the tax collectors, but for the homeowners, not so, not so great. Um, so at the very least, if you would think if there's going to be property tax, a sensible thing would be to um, tie the level of taxation to the actual need for um, spending. So that would encourage people to show up at the city council meetings and the county council meetings and school board meetings and say, no, wait a second, if you do this policy, our, our property taxes are going to go up. Um, the market that people can't really control. Well, and the, the issue here really is philosophically the property tax is totally un-American, violates the property rights that are central right. to our nation's founding. If you don't, uh, for example, right. own your property outright, in other words, if nobody else has any claim to it, you don't own your home. I mean, if, if, if people have claim to your home, you don't own your home. Okay, in the same way, so long as Americans are forced to pay property tax under the threat of having their home or land confiscated, then they're really serfs on their own property. And the problem with this discussion in my mind is this. The government has every reason and desire for home prices to increase. If my home's worth a hundred grand, exactly. yeah. there's not a lot of taxes. If they can make my home worth four hundred grand, oh there's a lot of tax revenue that they can derive from this. So look, getting rid of rid of the property tax would be one of the one of the most popular proposals that Republicans or even Democrats could put forward, folks. Who in their right mind wouldn't want to pay less to the yeah. government? I agree with Kelly, though. Sadly, it's not going to happen. It's a great proposal in the New American. It's something that Liberty Roundtable will talk about. But as Kelly wisely points out, it's not even really on the table for real discussion uh, is the sad part, Kelly. Well, it is. And most people don't own. They call themselves homeowners. They don't. The bank does. But they're still paying property taxes on a home that they don't own. And then once you finally make the last payment on the mortgage, you still have to pay taxes so you don't own your home. Because if you miss that tax payment, you will be out on the street. So you never own a home now in the United States. Uh, Eldon, I say yep. this is something yep, that, right. again, where's Kevin it's... McCarthy and where's the real discussion? I believe the New American is one of the greatest think tank magazines you can find for proposals for solutions. And Liberty Roundtable Live is as well. And how do we get these Republicans to take this discussion seriously? Right now, the government's trying to create more national monuments, more whatever you want to call it, where it's massive land grabs. 
the less land the people have to live on, the more property tax will increase as well because there's not enough to go around. Property's at the center of liberty, Eldon. Yeah, and if the Republican Party is indeed wanting to push back against socialism, Marxism, communism, uh, that the center of that philosophy is the abolition of private property. The property tax is, you know, fundamentally, when you break it down, it's an attack on private property. Uh, you've got to eliminate that. Um, it's it, The way it is now, it's a, it's a transition from, um, you know, recognizing private property to uh, abolishing private property. And we've got to decide which way we're going to go. Uh, there's a great opportunity for the Republican Party to show leadership on that. Uh, but but also, yes, the people have to demand it. They have to say enough is enough. Uh, this is not this is an oppressive uh, tax and we're willing to give up certain things in order in order to get rid of it. And the more we move away oh. from honest currency, the more these problems are going to rear their ugly head. And when you have money problems or financial core problems, it destroys every element of our society. Colorado Rep. Lauren Boebert getting a divorce from her husband after 22 years. The Target CEO now saying, hey, we're seeing violent incidents in our stores and it's costing us millions of dollars. But they're moving more and more towards fake money. I mean, you think the fake dollar's bad. Now they're going to work on digital currency. And the digital currency, as far as I can tell, is going to be even more manipulatable than the current dollar, Kelly. Well, it is. And, and the W, it's not a secret agenda. The WEF come out and said, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And, you know, if you, if you don't own anything, you don't need money. You don't need to have anything there. We'll just give you some little tokens that you trade. When you go to the casino, you're not playing with money. You're playing with tokens. They give you chips so that you don't realize how much money you really are playing with. They give you this. They don't call it gambling. They call it gaming now. So you change the names, and then it doesn't seem so bad or, or you know, repressive. And that's what they're, they're trying to do is they're trying to change the name of the dollar and get away from you owning anything, and you're just in this big game. And the, the kids love it because they're used to buying extra lives on a game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. The end of the dollar has begun. The Fed's to launch digital currency by July. Yes, this year, 2023, according to the Blaze. This is disaster, folks. We'll talk about it more in seconds on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? 
The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. My name is Christian Knuckles. Donald Trump is God's man. Evidence. He is being persecuted for righteousness sake. Matthew 5.10. DeSantis is God's man fighting the beast at Disney. Walt Disney was God's man. Look how the beast swarmed to buy Disney upon Walt's death. They turned Walt Disney Incorporated into the whore of Babylon. They turned the New Jerusalem, America, into Mystery Babylon. Yeah, Revelations 12, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. That's what we're seeing here, and they're using dishonest money as the medium of exchange or the core, uh, in my opinion, of this transition, changing the affairs of the nation from good to evil. We talked about that a lot on the radio because it's important to understand. Uh, Kelly, what do you say to all that? Yeah, it's uh, you, you change the definition and the meaning of words, and then you can change what what that is, you know. And uh, we're seeing that little by little happening, and that's exactly right. I mean, Walt Disney would be appalled to see what's going on, let alone the family fathers. They, they just couldn't believe what what's happened to the, what they've done. Their life's work. The media has taken a beating over it, too, by the way. Um, CNN's primetime average is plummeting. Newsmax has more viewers now than CNN did. Uh, they only have like 300-something thousand viewers. You put them both together, that's only like a half a million viewers. Fox News came in first place with 1.4 million viewers, about half of what it normally had under Tucker Carlson. But you put all of them together, and they don't even equal 2 million people. All right, Will Kane now, co-host of Fox and Friends, is supposed to take over Tucker's position. But they've been trying people over and over and over in that position, and nobody can get it done. Uh, it's disaster for the mainstream press. But the new media is taking center stage, uh, Eldon, and this is more proof in the pudding. I mean, those kind of viewers we get. Those kind of listener counts we get across the country and across the world. They don't want to admit it, but it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the there is a real, um, I think, truth in the term legacy media. Uh, the, a lot of these, uh, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, all that, um, they're, they're not picking up viewers or listeners. And... The, there's so many alternatives nowadays that people can look to that are much more reliable. I mean, you, we started, uh, I, I think we talked about, uh, you know, the Durham report that just came out. And so many of these legacy media groups were just parroting the line that Trump was uh, colluding with the Russians and that's how he got elected, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we know that that was total uh total lie um you know look at look at what 
uh, organizations, uh, media organizations, pushed that lie. And uh, maybe it's time to just uh, unplug, turn them off, look for somebody else. Uh, certainly would recommend the New American, Liberty Roundtable. There's lots of uh, op- options there. What do you say, Kelly? Yeah, they don't like that people aren't listening to the narrative and that there's too many alternatives for you to choose from. And uh, that, that, that scares them more than anything, knowing that people can get information in other places than where they, they think that they should get it. So, yeah, we have options now. And people now are starting to be their own broadcasters and share their ideas. And heaven forbid that someone can actually freely talk about what they believe or what they think and not have someone shut down. It's hard to understand all the different things that are happening, but I submit to you that all these downstream things we're talking about relate to dishonest money. You have a dishonest transaction because of fake money at the, at the core of all your transactions. Dishonesty tends to be the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the, uh, the fruits of that effort. Uh, but we've, we have good news. The North Carolina Congress, or in other words, the state of North Carolina, deal, legislative body deals crushing blow to the abortion radicals. They put forth a protect children from abortion bill. The whacked out glue, the blue governor vetoed it, but they had enough to override him now. That's a piece of good news, Kelly. It is, and hopefully when uh, they they have to stand up and back what they did, they have the backbone to do that because, you know, the whirlwind will be coming, uh, as, as has been said. <laughs> But uh, they, they need to be ready for it and say, no, this is what we believe. This is what we think. And uh, if you don't like it, then get somebody else in here. But that's the way it is. And, and I think most of the people who elected those people feel the same way and are happy. So we just need the, the, vocal, the, the vocal minority needs to become the minority again. And the, the invocal majority need to stand up and, and say something. Um, well, I would yeah, just simply say news. this, it's good news. We've got to take the good news that we get. Now there's a little bit of bad news. James Comer, he's house oversight committee chairman or whatever else. He's been really doubling down and saying, we're going to get Joe. We're going to get Hunter. We're going to get these people. Now he starts to whine and say he lost his informant. So now he doesn't know, you know, if he can get all the information or whatever else about that. Uh, but I kind of look at that and go, you know what? That's a crybaby's attitude. We have plenty of evidence about the criminal activity going on. Is do you think they've gotten to James, uh, Eldon? You would think. You would think that uh, we'd be able to have plenty of evidence um, <laughs> to get these people on. Um, the, the difficulty is, you know, get it out of the the D.C. area if you're going to try somebody because. Uh, uh, it's very difficult to get a get a conviction because uh, so many of those folks just absolutely, you know, they they hate Trump. They hate everything that he has to do with. Um, they support the, you know, the deep state as we call it. We're getting more and more and more evidence about the criminal activity of the government. For example, Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne 
believe it or not, testified to the January 6th committee for nearly eight hours, reports CNN. But we got no details about what he testified on. I'm going to have to call my buddy Patrick and get him on the radio and, and cover that. But look, we have evidence on so many factors that no one's getting arrested. Not only do we need to make the money spend zero, so the power of zero, uh, to rein this in by restricting their amount of money they can spend or use. But we also need to start arresting these criminals, though. If we want accountability and transparency in America, it's going to start by arresting these people. They cannot be allowed to live above the law. And that's kind of what we're seeing, too, is the lack of a willingness to arrest these people. Look, Hunter and Joe have enough criminal activity. We don't need to debate it anymore. It's time for arrests and prosecution. Okay, there's criminal activity mm-hmm. in the FBI and the Justice Department. I appreciate that this you know report came out, but where's the accountability? Where's the criminal arrest and prosecution uh, to take action on this, Kelly? Isn't that what we need next? Yeah, but it's not going to happen. I mean, it's it's just. You know, the good old boys club they have there, and you take care of me and I'll take care of you. And, and like I said, I think the, the thing that's going to happen with this is Joe's not going to get the, the nomination for the Democratic side. This is happening. And the guy they really need is uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., but they don't like him because he actually has some common sense. So they're really not knowing what to do. And they don't yeah, know. Yeah, and he's somewhat of a truth teller as well. Yeah, that's the problem when you have that, you know. He's, he's a, a very similar to his dad and his uncle in that way, you know. And, and they, there's, there's always a game in politics. Politics is you'll say what you got to do to get reelected or elected. And so you got to have that, you know, a little grainness with that. But he's one there that's willing to say, no, this is the deal. And now they're finding with the vaccines, yeah what he was saying was right and uh it's it's, it's going to be very interesting and when he's on talking to people like tucker carlson well that's bad and then when elon musk starts saying that yeah everybody knows that that uh, hunter's laptop was real and that was a, you know wow now all of a sudden you got the guys that are supposed to be on your side saying what the other side wants you to hear. So it's well, and Donald Trump now, speaking of JFK, Donald Trump says he's going to release the JFK files if we elect him again. My response is, why didn't you do it when you had the chance the first time, Donald? Uh, but nevertheless, what do you think Donald Trump's chances are, number one? And number two, who do you think will be his running mate? Boy, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, honestly, if, if you took uh... – <laughs> If he if he did if he took someone like a Robert Robert F Kennedy Jr. you know what, what what would they do? Wow, you know here's a guy he's taking a Democrat, but he's taking somebody that um, speaks you know the, what he perceives as being the truth. That would be tough. I don't I don't know that Trump, Trump will not back out even if he doesn't get the nomination. And like I said, I think whoever is the Democrat is going to be the one that wins. So. Who knows? And, and Robert Kennedy, they're talking he might run as an independent or as a libertarian, and then that could split all kinds of things. I mean, you're going to have somebody with under 50% of the vote winning to be president, just like when Clinton ran. Well, and they might out trot out, or they might trot out Michelle Obama if they get desperate enough, right? Oh, I could see that in a heartbeat. And, and uh, yeah, I think they're desperate enough. 
All right. What do you say, Eldon? What, do you think Donald's gonna gonna be the nominee? And who's his running mate gonna be? And do you think they'll try out Michelle if they get desperate enough? What do you think they're gonna do? Well, I think there's a good chance that uh, Trump would be the nominee at this point. There's all kinds of efforts to prevent him from being the nominee within the party. Uh, but uh, it's early in the game, and so there there could be some other things that go on um, that are kind of uh, wild cards. Uh, who his nominee would be? Well, at, at this point, all I could probably say is uh, not Pence. Uh, I don't think he's going to pick him again. Um, but who knows? Who knows? He's going to have to be very careful uh, in in looking who the running mate would be. Um, so we'll, we'll see. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> um, it ultimately depends on the people, what they want, what they want, especially in certain states. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. A lot of, a lot of things will happen, start happening pretty quickly now. Ellen, I don't know uh, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, on one hand, you feel like they'll never let the Donald win. On the other hand, he's got so much, um, I don't know what you want to say, control the Republican Party, really control the whole narrative right now. It's hard to see that he won't win. At the same time, they stole it from him last time. Uh, well, he became the nominee, but in the general, he uh, it was, yeah, I believe it was stolen. Uh, it's probably an appropriate term for it. Um, there was focus on the key swing states to try to uh, engage in some uh, hanky-panky, as they say. And um, so that that's what, what changed things. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Um, you know, it, so far as the general, if he gets the nominee or nomination, Probably he's going to have to campaign differently because I don't know that enough states have been able to change their laws to ensure uh, integrity of the vote. So I certainly don't think we have integrity for elections together yet. That's for sure. We haven't used our time wisely for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, There you have it. All right. Kelly Finnegan, RussQuentingGift.com. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for letting me be here again, Sam. He does a phenomenal job as always. Brian's out taking care of business as always, but you have a friend in the honest money business, RussQuentingGift.com. All right, hour one of the can, two coming up. Eldon and Sam continue. Eldon Stahl, John Burt's Society, JBS.org, and the TheNewAmerican.com. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl. We're talking about hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use as always. This is the broadcast for May 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. 
This is indeed our two at two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, and to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers using the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. Last hour, we talked to Kelly Finnegan, Honest Money Report. Constitutional currency should be the solution. Uh, com for guidance on that. You have a friend in the honest money business. com. We were talking to Eldon Stahl and Kelly Finnegan. And we talked about this incredible article, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the New American, written by Louis Miguel. It's time to abolish the property tax. Amen to that. Philosophically, the property tax is un-American and violates the property rights that are essential to our liberty. After all, ladies and gentlemen, you truly only owe something if someone else does not have claim to it. That's right. You only own something if nobody else has a claim to it. Otherwise, they own it if they can supersede your ownership, right? In the same way, so long as Americans are forced to, quote, pay property taxes under the threat of having their, quote, home and or land confiscated, they don't really own their property. Now, do they, ladies and gentlemen? The property tax has reduced us as Americans to serfs. Okay? The property tax has reduced us to renters in perpetuity with the government merely giving us permission to stay in our homes or on our land so long as we pay them the, quote, ransom money, right? Getting rid of the property tax would be one of the most popular proposals Republicans could put forward. What American wouldn't want to pay less to the government and have more money in their own family bank account, right? Look, where's the Republicans? I don't even see that they've got a plan for 24. Do you? I hear random things from Don like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give you the JFK files that we've been waiting on for 50-plus years or whatever the heck they say. But there's no real game there, folks. What real changes are they going to make to bring us back to a constitutional republic as opposed to letting communism reign supreme. Eldon Stahl with me to discuss this very issue. John Birch Society, JBS.org, one of the premier organizations that have been standing tall for the sacred cause of liberty for longer than I've been alive. Very few organizations have had the grit, the wherewithal, the staying power, the education, and the commitment to remain true for so long. Uh, Eldon, welcome back, sir. And, and what do you say, though? We've got to get serious proposals on the table. And I really appreciate, I absolutely appreciate Louis Miguel for writing such a column to get, you know, this is a solution. Boy, howdy, isn't it about time, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. We need to get rid of the property tax, of course. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is one of the biggest drivers of property tax is the government being involved in education. And it shouldn't be um, ignored, the fact that the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto is to have compulsory education, free education, um, and it's run by the government. Uh, Now, if we have a mass exodus from the government schools, certainly that would drive the um, 
it would have various effects. It would get rid of the influence of the government and their propaganda over our children and over college-level people as well. Um, but it would also drive down the demand for such taxation. If you have a communist, Marxist-inspired uh, education system, um, it's going to necessitate a communist-inspired taxation system to fund it. And so they really go hand in hand. There's no question you're right about that reality check. And I kind of look at this and I just think, man, several things. Who would I have for president if I could have anybody that I wanted? And, and I, I struggle with that because I don't know that there's even a, a, a great person that has even a prayer, much less is running. For example, let's say that I said Eldon Stahl. Well, you're not running, right? Who could we realistically have to be president that might have a prayer that literally could be on the national stage that we could turn into a household name or already is that would be true to the cause? I mean, who could we even elect? Who could we even consider or vote for? Right now, I don't know of anybody. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, anytime, you know, to keep in mind, as far as candidates go, uh, those people need to be developed. Their understanding needs to be developed. Um, the, of course, they need to have the willingness and often be recruited to run for office, to be supported. Uh, all of that requires not only education, but organization on various levels. Um, fortunately, I mean, the president is a, an important office, but it's not the only office. And, and like you mentioned, the, the Congress has quite a bit of power itself can take care of many of these um, many of these problems I, I think we heard some sort of report um, the last hour about my congresswoman who replaced Liz Cheney and she's she's doing a you know bang-up job uh, exposing some of these people that are um, abusing power at this point so um, but yeah it's to a pre presidential campaign is a it takes so much organization to get that going and money and, and time. Um, it, it's got to be eventually an outgrowth of the people that, that support it. Um, unless you have, of course, uh, some hanky-panky with the uh, election process. But <laughs> that's another story. Can you think of anybody, though? This is kind of the problem. I know we say, well, we would have to educate um, them, and that'd be a massive learning curve and everybody mm -hmm. else, everything else. But is there anybody you can really even think of that's really viable? And I'll tell you the, the few that's people viable. that I can think of. There's um, very few. Well, I mean, obviously Trump is viable. He's got his own issues, of course. Uh, nobody's perfect. Um, other ones that, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're probably likely viable somebody people I'd like to see in um, let's let's hear some of those but, people you'd uh, like to see in though well um, uh, he'll probably kick me for saying this but Andy Biggs I think would be a very good uh, person to consider okay so you're talking about congressman of Arizona um, yeah yeah okay that's um, a good idea now for sure. probably he doesn't want to do that but you know <laughs> yeah, but still, we're thinking uh, we're of people that, about, that are viable, that, that, you know, 
Okay. Andy Biggs is a good yeah. one. I would think of Roy Moore for another one. Yeah, sure. And, and, Roy you Moore. Know, you guys could you could um, say these guys have no prayer, but in Rand my opinion, Paul. if the media got behind them, they could. Rand Paul, Ron Paul. Now Ron might be a little old, not want to do uh, it. But Mike Rand Lee, Paul, maybe. for sure. Mike Lee um, isn't is far from yep. perfect, but it'd be better than most, right? Yep. Right. And and some right. of these people might not uh, be the president, but they might be considered as Donald Trump's running mate too, right? Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people do. They run for president, and uh, there is, of course, the out the consideration that they may be considered, and often they are for um, posts. If uh, one of them out of the you know field, usually that same party, is elected, and that you know that happens. I think uh, well, Ben Carson, I guess, was went in the Trump administration. Might be one example. Uh, yes, Rick and Ben Perry, Carson might I be a decent guy to run to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there's uh, there's that um, consideration that you know, even if they don't, if they're not elected as president, perhaps they could be part of the administration to uh, affect some good change. Uh, so, You're right you about know, there's, that. There's I want to talk about this more, though. Who could be the best running mate for Donald Trump, for instance? I think if Donald surrounds himself with the right people, he can do decently well. I think he's got pretty good intuition. Uh, I think he has a nose for it to a great degree. The problem is he's got bad people around him that give him this horrible advice. But who could be around yeah. Donald that would help him a lot? There's three names being floated right now. Christy Nome, one of them. Um, Carrie mm-hmm. Lake, a second one. Uh, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene, a third one. I'd be more for Greene and Carrie Lake than I would uh, Christy Nome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say yeah. that you got to have a woman, and they say that you got to have this or that. Well, let's leave that on hold for just a second until we come back from the break. My name is Christian Knuckles. Donald Trump is God's man. Evidence. He is being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Matthew 5.10. DeSantis is God's man fighting the beast at Disney. Walt Disney was God's man. Look how the beast bought Disney upon Walt's death. They turned Walt Disney Incorporated into the whore of Babylon. They turned the New Jerusalem, that's America, into the mystery of Babylon. Revelations 12, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries, brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Uh, you know, folks, that's an interesting uh, statement. These are Americans who have things to say about America. And when you think about it, it's hard to claim they're wrong. We've got the beast raging. The only way to fight the beast is to turn to God Almighty. That's for sure. You want to learn more? Confederatechurchofchrist.com. Check it out. Lowell, or, I'm sorry. Eldon Stalin, Sam Bushman back in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Fighting for the soul of liberty and true pursuit of happiness for everyone. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. It's the ultimate summit for liberty, educating and empowering through art, music, film, and comedy while promoting economic freedom and highlighting today's political issues. Use promo code ROUND50 to save 50 bucks off the current rate. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. My name is Christian Knuckles. 
I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl. We're talking about the New American Magazine with some incredible articles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but a little pause from that New American Magazine discussion. We're talking about who would be, you know, presidential material. Uh, who would really put together real policies and ideas that actually could change the game in America. This incredible article uh, by Lewis. Um. Louis Miguel really highlights a fundamental, I mean, look, just imagine if a candidate on the stage said, listen, getting rid of the property tax would be one of the most popular proposals we could put together. That's my proposal. Yeah. You know what? You want to get rid of property tax, the communist taxes? They're part of the communist manifesto. Who would, who would say that? Who would, right? Who could be Donald Trump's running mate? If Donald Trump is the only real viable candidate for us on the national stage, and so far, no one's been able to give me any candidate that could be viable. They say, oh, well, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis isn't even running, people. Oh, well, he's going to for sure. He's going to throw down the gauntlet. We'll see. I don't know if he is or not. He keeps making moves in that way. But the fact that he hasn't announced at this point makes me wonder if he's still co contemplating it or if he's really going to. Some say an announcement is imminent. Well, maybe. But even if he does run, can he beat Donald Trump? I don't think so. And it all depends on who the running mate for Donald Trump is is and who the running mate for Ron DeSantis is. See, that's kind of another interesting twist. Who would be the best running mate for Donald Trump? I could think of a Roy Moore. I could think of a Rand Paul. Uh, I could think of a few people like that, but there's not very many that I really think could be household names. Now, you could say Marjorie Taylor Greene, but you know what? She's so new to the game, right? I mean, she's been a congresswoman for only a little bit of time. She's been even hated by her own party quite a bit because she tells the tale of truth too much. Can you win if you're that far to the right or that conservative or that much of a truth teller? You know, see, those are the battle lines that we're forced to contend with in modern America where everybody's indoctrinated into communism. <laughs> Eldon, what do you say? Yeah, and, you know, we you did raise uh, 
a good point, I think, uh, the last before the break was that, you know, it it often is so important with a U.S. president who surrounds them, who's providing them advice. Uh, there's, you know, different proverbs you could come up with, a multitude of counselors, there's great uh, wisdom, and um, the prince that lacks understanding is also a great oppressor. So you've got to You've got to have um, you've got to have good advice because no president knows everything can be keeping track of everything, and so that's that would be so important regardless of who becomes president, who is providing them advice. When Trump was president, I remember that uh, one of his uh, one of the people that informally gave him advice often was Rand Paul, uh, and I I think uh, did us some good. Uh, advantage keeping us out of uh, some uh, foreign conflicts. No question. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was that was really a really good thing. Uh, and so key, I think, would be having if Trump does become president again, for example, that he would be very careful, even more careful, about who he surrounds himself with. Because I would hope so, but really Donald the, Trump in 2016 yeah. reached out to all of us to help him get elected, and he won. In 2020, he didn't reach out to us much. He circumvented the new media, um, and, and he lost. Uh, now I don't really see him mm-hmm. reaching out much to us through his surrogates or anybody else, and he better start or he's going to lose again. But I don't know anybody on the national stage that could really have a chance to become the Republican nominee. You're not going to win it with a third party. I wish we could nurture third parties along. I'm not saying third parties are never mm-hmm. viable, but I don't really see it, at least in this next election. Uh, you might have a spoiler on a third-party ticket that helps somebody else over the top is about all. Uh, but I don't see anybody really viable for 2024 that we can really vote for. Now, we could say I'm going to vote for somebody who I know is going to lose so I can vote for a, a good, honest, wise person and have a clean conscience. I get that. But there's nobody besides Trump that I know of that's on the national stage. I don't believe Ron DeSantis is better than Donald Trump. Now... He sounds a little more conservative in some ways. But again, you compare a guy who's been there once and the deep swamp almost sunk him to a guy who's never been there who may underestimate, again, like Donald did, about how evil and how backstabbing and how betrayalist. Is that a word? <laughs> how betrayalist, that's a word now. Uh, the, the insiders can really be. Um, I'm afraid that even if Ron's a little bit more shrewd and a little bit more conservative than, than Donald, because it's the first go-round, he, he may not do as well as, say, Trump might do. So, uh, you know what? I'm not even debating who's more conservative at this point. Uh, that's a debate in and of itself. Both of them have uh, very checkered pasts, in my opinion. But I think Donald might actually do better than Ron DeSantis, even. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis hasn't even been a governor that long. Putting him on the national stage as the president without a lot of experience. I think Donald's at least had some experience. And he didn't do perfect. There's a lot of things he did wrong, but there's a lot he did right, more so than any other president in my lifetime. And if he has a second go at it, if he's true to his to his his message and his mission, uh, then it'll be better than last time. Well, I'm having a hard time finding anybody else but Trump. And so the only thing I'm left with is, you know what, what advice am I going to give Donald? He may or may not take it, but I am publicly on the radio, nationally syndicated, decently well-known. Maybe my advice will trickle to the Donald. Who would I recommend he takes as a VP pick. So far, I'm at, at Rand Paul uh, or Roy Moore. Those are the two best candidates I can think of that actually have purpose, have experience in politics, uh, are articulate, that are willing to stand up. They're not compromised. Um, 
you know, some of these other people, great names, they're females, but I don't really want a female as president. I want a male. I want a man who can represent the country. Now, that's not a slight against women, but it's an understanding that I have a belief that, you know what, men are supposed to represent their homes. Uh, and I think that we need somebody, a, a good, strong man in the leadership of our country. Um, so I don't know of anybody else besides Rand Paul or Roy Moore so far that I could really recommend that actually have possibility of um, of uh, mainstream you know, name recognition across the country to a great degree. In other words, a good head start, so to speak. Yeah, it, it's uh, difficult to find such people. Um you know, people that have uh, good character, good understanding, um, they're, they're not, not easy to find, <laughs> but you want to seek out for them and, and, uh, uh, prayerfully, uh, try to, try to find them. Uh, All right. But, uh, Three VP yeah. suggestion picks, right? Three names for VP suggestion pick for the Donald that I'm going to float. Rand Paul. Judge Roy Moore and Mike Lee. They're not perfect, but they're three names that I think actually have a prayer. If Donald picked them up, Donald could make them a household name in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you remember when, I don't know if this is the best example, but remember when John McCain ran for president and he picked Sarah Palin, who I don't know, it seemed like nobody heard of her. She was governor of Alaska, which, you know, most people don't pay attention to what's going on in Alaska, the rest of the country, that much. And now a lot of people have heard of Sarah Palin. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a, you know, kind of an example there of uh, how she became quite well-known. There you have it. Now, there's five possible picks, some are saying, you know, and who would those be? Mike Pence? Not. Right. Mm, seems unlikely. <laughs> I'd I'd be much more for Mike Lee than a Mike Pence. I think Mike Pence is a good Christian man. And I think he didn't criticize Donald, but he was pretty much silent. He didn't really, you know, move the needle much, really. He wasn't a problem mm -hmm. until the end. But I don't really see that he did a whole lot either, do you? No, not so much. Uh, Trump's, you know, he needed somebody, I think, that would be more in his camp to be in his corner, so to speak, it, to to back him up. Um, Pence was not that guy. You're right. And they say that Donald's only going to pick somebody. His one and only criteria, they say, is if they will have complete and total loyalty to him. See, to me, that's a problem, too, with Trump. This is where he's a flawed candidate. Okay, you need to be loyal mm -hmm. to the supreme law of our land and loyal to your oath of office, yeah. more so than loyal to the Donald, for crying out loud. See, this is what I mean by a problem. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene might do it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she's pretty loyal to him. Who else could be? Yeah. Um, How about Elise Stepanek? Well, I guess Matt Getz, or I don't know. Yeah, she's a, a rock star in New York, Elise Stepanek. 
But again, no one knows Elise's name. The names I've given are absolutely more household names than Elise Stephanie. Right? All right, we'll talk more yeah. about it in seconds with Eldon Stahl on Liberty Roundtable Live. the land you're listening to liberty news radio usa news i'm lance pry a hearing on the hill involving four whistleblowers from the fbi alleging illegal activities at the highest levels of america's top law enforcement agency fbi special agent garrett o'boyle is a former service member of the army thank you for addressing fbi malfeasance and allowing me to speak today aside from that point of gratitude I'm sad, I'm disappointed, and I'm angry that I have to be here to testify about the weaponization of the FBI and DOJ. Weaponization against not only its own employees, but against those institutions and individuals that are supposed to protect the American people. After all, I never swore an oath to the FBI. I swore an oath to the Constitution. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte signed into law a bill that completely bans TikTok in the Treasure State, making it the most stringent measure in the country. TikTok is tied to the Chinese government and collects data on American users. U.S. District Court Judge Edward Davila said Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes must begin serving her prison sentence for defrauding investors in her failed blood testing startup by May 30th. The judge issued the order after the United States Court of Appeals Ninth Circuit on Tuesday rejected Holmes' request to remain on bail as she appeals the case. President Biden is in Hiroshima, Japan today. He'll be meeting with Prime Minister Kishida Fumio. The G7 summit starts tomorrow. House Democrats are pinning hopes on a long-shot effort to force a vote on the debt ceiling without Speaker McCarthy's involvement. It's a move from House Dems just in case talks don't end in a deal between President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Right now, the two are both figuratively and literally far apart. Biden, now in Japan at a G7 summit. Democratic House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries on Wednesday urged his colleagues to sign a discharge petition. Democrats would need all their members, plus five Republicans, to pass the measure. I'm Ryan Daniels. This is USA News. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zelgen's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zelgen's can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zelgen's can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. Serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you a quick Roy Moore update. Roy Moore got awarded $8.2 million 
Yeah, in the defamation suit, that's according to NPR. Yeah, a federal jury awarded Roy Moore $8.2 million in damages after finding that a Democrat super PAC defamed him in the sexual misconduct case. Yeah, it was accusations. They got burned, folks, and he got a bunch of money. So who will be Trump's running mate in 2024? Shame. Donald's only criteria will be who will be completely loyal to him. I'd rather have somebody be loyal to the supreme law of the land, loyal to their oath of office. That's just me. So I'm suggesting a few names for the Donald. Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Roy Moore. Those are the three names that I believe would be viable for the Donald. Uh, but what do you think, man? Roy Moore won $8.2 million in the mainstream press. Didn't even tell you about it there, uh, Eldon. Wow, yeah, you don't expect the mainstream media to tell you that, right? Um, that they pushed yet another lie, and it cost the nation the benefit of probably one of the most constitutionally-minded uh, people we could get in the U.S. Senate in probably uh, you know, a generation. Um, Roy Moore would have been uh, right up there with Mike Lee and Rand Paul, in the U.S. Senate, and these allegations, timed specifically to damage his uh, U.S. Senate campaign, um, they they kept him from, uh, I, I think it was from getting the Republican nomination at the time, or maybe it was the, maybe it was the general election, but either way, kept him out of office, and uh, well, what's he going to do with that $8.2 million? I don't know. But, um, you know, it's it shows how people are, powerful people are willing to do anything they can to retain power, including lie and smear and shamelessly defame others. I think you're right, and I, I think we really need to kind of look. If Roy Moore won $8.2 million on being right, they committed election fraud against Roy Moore when he ran for the Senate. Look, it was all a big lie. They That's had to right. pay him $8.2 million, but they committed election fraud. How do you say that? That's not true. He would have won. Now, they would say, well, you don't know that for a fact, Sam. Yep. You're right. We don't know it for a fact. It doesn't change the fact that they commit, committed fraud, though. Whether he would have won or not, no doubt they destroyed mm -hmm. his name and they ruined his chances regardless right yeah yeah the whole point of bringing that up at that time uh even though it was uh, false was to stop him from becoming a u.s senator that was the whole point so um it, it just it strains credibility to say well you know he, he might not well okay he might not have become uh U.S. Senator, but, but... But it doesn't matter if he uh, would have or not, though. Them doing that was intentional to destroy his chances. Yes. So it's fraud, even if he would or, or would not have won. That's a lie to say, well, that wouldn't have changed the election. You don't know that either, just like I don't know that he would have won. We don't know. What we do know, though, is to suppress voter turnout or to suppress uh, supporting someone based on false narrative. They did that to Donald and to Roy Moore. Both of those gentlemen mm -hmm. have been accused of sexual allegations. Both of the, That's why I think Roy yep. Moore would be one of the best running mates for the Donald. 
because the two of them could stand tall and say, look, we've been wronged and defrauded out of the elections. We need honest elections, and we need them now. See, the sooner Donald gets Roy Moore as a companion, a running mate, and the sooner they double down on that, the better. Yeah, it, it would be. I mean, Roy Moore is the type of person that's pretty rare because he's willing to even lose his office in the name of standing up for principle. And not just, you know, we have too many people standing up for principles of communism and socialism, but he would actually stand up for principles our nation was founded upon. Uh, he He's not going to back down. Um, now, how likely it would be that Trump would uh, pick him? Well, I suppose that depends upon, you know, how many people talk with him about uh, that, you know, that they want to have as his running mate. But, uh, or in his administration if he is elected. So, Well, I'm going to take the um, opportunity publicly to provide some names in some direction. So I've named mine. Roy Moore's the first one. Rand Paul's the second one. Mike Lee's the third one in my order of names that I would recommend. Uh, and, Donald, you know, I know you may not take my advice. I know you think you need a female. But, look, Rand Paul has been around for a lot longer than Marjorie Taylor Greene. He doesn't say off-the-rails things. He's got credentials as a physician and uh, as a senator. Uh, he's had a lot more time in politics. He comes from a political family, so he's seen his dad his whole life. He's got his dad to provide advice for him. Uh, you know, that compared to Green, I, I, no offense, I, I say no contest. Uh, Carrie Lake, I appreciate her, think she's a great person. But again, she's never really, uh, in my opinion, been at that national level to those degrees. Uh, Roy Moore has. He lost his whole career over standing up for the Ten Commandments, for crying out loud. Uh, and every time the people put him back in office, unless they commit fraud to stop him. He even got kicked out over the Ten Commandments, but he came back and won again, won again. And then it takes fraud to get him out of office. So he's got that staying power and that commitment to the truth. So that's why I'm for a Roy Moore or a Rand Paul. Mike Lee, not quite as solid, but he's been a senator for a long time. He is a constitutional scholar. Uh, they need the right people around him, but those people are much more seasoned and much more on the national stage than a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene or, um, you know, Carrie Lake or even Christy Nome. You know, these people have been, for the most part, uh, you only know their names because of a few um, issues where the mainstream press just abuses them. But you don't really have a solid track record to point to of consistency and, and long-term uh, stability. And Trump needs someone that's less given to, um, I don't know what you want to call it, political shenanigans or attacks, or I don't want to say stunts, because I don't believe they play stunts, but you want somebody that's solid. Rand Paul doesn't get all ruffled and, and melt down and tweak out and say things he ought not. He just takes the, uh, the abuse and stands for what he believes in. Same with Roy Moore. Same with Mike Lee. They don't, they don't get it. So any of those people would be great picks. And I want to go on the record of providing solutions. This is Solutions Radio. And so there you go. Any final thoughts there, Eldon? Yeah, I think, yeah, very good point. We need to provide solutions. And, uh, you know, no solution is going to be necessarily perfect. But uh, we need to look at, uh, you know, what are the best options at this point? Um, and I, I think you provided some some very good options. Um you know, if people are wondering, of course, the John Burr Society doesn't endorse anybody. Um, but, you know, I, I have my own opinions, of course, just like anybody. And, of course, I'm going to lean toward the people that are more constitutionally minded, uh, just like, uh, you know, of course, the New American and John Burr Society would highlight those people and, and congratulate them for their good record on standing up for good principle.
we need those people uh, in office, and we can't be afraid to, uh, you know, whether it's uh, run for dog catcher or up to president, to uh, to seek to uh, get political power uh, to establish the, um, you know, what what would be uh, a free government. Uh, we, we've got to have that because others uh, that are wanting to oppress us, they're certainly going to seek power. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. we got a lot to cover, a little time. Donald Trump exonerated, FBI devastated, again. The New American, Paul Dragu, with the article. This article's huge, Eldon. Yeah, and uh, it, I I think there's a, a video that kind of goes along with that. We've we've got uh, the New American TV, which is a um, a daily video program you can watch an hour long on the NewAmerican.com or Worldview Weekend TV. Um, but uh, it's that's a story that is developing right now. That uh, the re- the Durham report came out, and basically the FBI messed up big time on the whole uh, Trump-Russia collusion uh, investigation. And now they're having egg on their face. And it's uh, this is just a, quite, a, quite a bombshell type of a thing. Um, even, the, even CNN uh, has had to admit that, boy, this is really bad for the FBI. <laughs> of course, they were the one, one of the ones pr- promoting this idea uh, that uh, the Donald... Um, colluded with russia well so the donald got exonerated the fbi got their head handed to them at least from a you know pointing the finger like shame on you but in the new american steve Baez uh wrote a column as well that i think highlights the real point durham report fails to bring criminal charges we've got to get to the next level eldon we'll talk about it in seconds on your radio yep. We're also going to talk about the Durham report showing how much they hate Trump at the FBI, discrediting the whole organization. We'll talk about that two in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The foundation.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Welcome back, everybody, to Liberty Roundtable. I'm Eldon Stahl, a local field coordinator with the John Burr Society, with Sam Bushman on, uh, on the air. And we're talking about the... Durham report that was just released uh, regarding how the FBI treated the uh, the Trump Russia collusion investigation, and uh, we find out in this report that boy, uh, the the FBI really has some egg on on their face uh, on this report. But uh, like is mentioned in uh, article from the New American magazine that no charges are being filed for this, or a very limited number of, of people are being uh, prosecuted for this. Um, uh, reading this, it, it, one, one of the things the author points out is that, well, good luck trying to get any conviction in the District of Columbia against anybody from the FBI, and that it, you know, really, if that's going to happen realistically, it needs to be taken out of the uh, District of Columbia for prosecution and, and uh criminal charges, things like that. Um, what are your thoughts about that, uh, Sam, uh, you know, that point there? Uh, would that be a good thing? or? Well, when you say a good oh, thing, let's you... talk about it. There you are. Huh? Okay, give, give me okay. an idea. When you say good thing, what <clears throat> what good thing? And I want to parse this for a second. Oh, yeah, would it be good to take it out of the um, District of Columbia for, for prosecution? Yes, it would. The problem is, and, and here's the, the question, and I don't mean to uh, play games with this. Absolutely, it would. But I want to nuance this for a second. That's why I wanted you to ask the question again. I don't know that we need to prosecute it at all. Why don't we just abolish the FBI and there, there's no prosecution needed? Okay, look, we can make it a partisan thing. We can decide that Congress has to go ahead and impeach. Then the Senate has to convict. We can go through all that, or we can just simply shut down the FBI entirely, shut down the Justice Department entirely. And if we don't have those organizations, hey, let the criminal walk. Who cares? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want um, nobody to walk. But what I'm saying is that I don't think Congress has the wherewithal to get it, no matter where you move it. It's Congress that has to, quote, adjudicate this thing, really, um, to remove him and to impeach him. Um, criminal activity can be charged after the fact, but not until because of the way the system works. And so 
I, I don't know that getting out of Washington is going to help. Is it good? Better than staying in Washington? Absolutely. But I really think you've got to just shut down the criminal enterprise. You're not going to overhaul the FBI and make it good tomorrow. It's been criminal for decades. Okay, you're not going to overhaul this national police force that doesn't have authority constitutionally to exist and make it right or good or constitutional or moral or somehow back on the rails again. So, yes, would it be good? Answer is yes. But the nuances or the discussion point to me is, why not just shut it down? Okay, you're not going to reform it, Eldon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you raised some good points. Uh, I mean, really, it, long term, is we've got to have um, get back to the Constitution. We've got to get back to liberty. And uh, the FBI is not providing that. Uh, if there was any legitimacy in its beginning, certainly it's it's long departed from that. Uh, kind of like, uh, oh, you know, people say, well, we should reform the United Nations. Well, from its foundation, it was, you know, towards world government, world socialism. All yeah, that. it was sovereignty violating so, from the get-go. Yeah. We don't want to reform the sovereignty violating yeah, the behemoth get-go. called that. Forget it. And I say the same thing with the FBI. Look, they're failing to... Re- bring criminal charges they've he issued his report that took him what four years plus to create seven years in the making so to speak and then durham says shame on you fbi shame on you justice department uh, donald's exonerated but there's no heads rolling there's no accountability there's no criminal charges or prosecution taking place okay the durham report shows the hate trump bias inside the fbi is so huge our court kirkwood wrote an article about this uh, in the new American, there's a lot of articles about this very topic, but look, there's literal hatred for the Donald and the FBI. Those people can't serve justice in America. Those people can't be the cop. You had a police-led, FBI-led coup in America over this, Eldon. Exactly. Yes. Uh, when you've got that level of, it, it reminds me. I was just reading the other day about how. Oh, what was his name? Caiaphas in the New Testament. He was the chief priest or chief judge, right? And, you know, they had such a hatred for uh, Jesus. That's right. That they were willing to subvert every every safeguard against injustice and and then put him through this uh, kangaroo court to try to just get rid of him. Uh, And that's really the type of Thing we're facing when when you have um well like like john adams said our constitution is for moral and religious people it's wholly inadequate for any others when, when people are just totally determined to engage in immoral behavior it doesn't matter what's written down you've you've got to get rid of them you've got to remove them from power um as a remedy there, there's no reform that's going to take place to um to safeguard your liberty Sadly, that's the truth. So they hate the Donald. They're not able to, to uh, administer justice. They're not able to truly um, do anything that would protect America from enemies, foreign or domestic, which is their oath, by the way. And now Joe Biden claims white supremacy is the greatest threat to America. David Kelly writes an incredible article about this very topic at The New American. This is what I'm talking about. So Biden is going to run around and say the biggest threat is white supremacy? When has white supremacy really been a big problem? <laughs> I, 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 come on now. 
He's off his rock crazy. The biggest threat, in my opinion, to our yeah. liberty is communism. Eldon? Yeah, sure. I mean, white supremacy, it's kind of like a term that they throw around like racism. Well, it means, you know, it's so thrown around that it almost means just about anything or nothing. And so, okay, the average person, they hear the term white supremacy, and it's it's kind of like a psychological war. They're, they're trained to think, oh, okay, well, there must be a bunch of people that just hate, uh, I don't know, black people or, or whatever, people from other countries. Uh, and these are, they just want a supreme white race or something. It's just, it's so absurd. Like, where are these people? Well, there are some people like that. But the fact is that their numbers are vastly exaggerated. Uh, and what what uh, people like Joe Biden... But there's maybe, been people you know, like people that, that forever, too, them. though. This is nothing new or not a greater threat yes, than it's ever course. been. There's always been people who are evil. Right. Sure. And And the rational person is able to look at that person and say, no, that's just a silly idea. And we're going to move on and consider, you know, um, other other types of things. But so what they end up having to do is, think, well, uh, this, which such a thing that's very, you know, rather relatively innocuous, like, well, you have concern about, uh, you know, massive uh, immigration into, uh, you know, the country or state. If you have a thousand about times that, the concern of be, white supremacy. I mean, I'm worried about feral pigs yeah, running you, around destroying you property too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they have to invent <laughs> things which they label as white supremacist. It's all right. It's there so you have absurd. it. A couple of good news and, columns that I want to mention yeah. to you. Gun control debate ignores the real problems. Writes Ron Paul. It's an article up on the New American as well. And then there's another article that I find fascinating, which is good news. A federal judge blocks most of New Jersey's gun law. David Kelly writes that piece for the New American. Again, we're seeing Americans stand up. And when we do, good things happen. That's that's the takeaway. That is right. That's right. We We've got to stand up. And there are some good things that we need to recognize um, that are happening, um, but we can't be can't be silent, can't be uh, just inactive. We've got to be be engaged. And so it's good to see that you know even uh, some of the most egregious things that are um, proposed, people are at least standing up and saying, "Wait a second, that's an attack on our freedom. We will not tolerate that." And more and more Americans are starting to understand that. Um, the New American, ladies and gentlemen, is one of my favorite magazines and highly recommend it to you. Online, thenewamerican.com. You can sign up and get it delivered to you. It's an incredible, in-depth look at issues that matter to you, to your family, to your relationship with God, family, and country. They are the true blue. The reason communism is the biggest threat to America is because it's godless. We need to turn to God Almighty. We, the people, can and will restore America, but it's going to take education, education, education to start it off. Uh, look, just knowing the problems doesn't help. you got to know where to go. you got to know what the real solutions are. And I submit to you the New American and the John Birch Society, jbs.org, really are some of the greatest 
people, with the greatest organizations to make that happen. That along with the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Campaign for Liberty is another one. But I really want to give a kudos out to the JBS and to the New American for the work they do. They've got scorecards where they keep track of your legislators. Now, constitutionally, they vote. They do so many things and provide so many tools and so much education and support for we the people to really understand the landscape that we're dealing with and know what we should focus on and what we should do. The articles they focus on highlight the key subjects of the day with solutions every time. What can we do about it? How do we move forward? How do we educate and share the word and spread um, the education and the, and the good news that we can win? Here's what it's going to take to win. Here's how we do it. Here's the what, when, where, why of it all. Okay, that's what the John Birch Society does. Look, I don't get a penny for promoting them, folks. Okay? I just know that they're for real, and I've watched them. I've been in uh, politics for 30 years, and they've been around a lot longer than I've been alive, and I'm almost 60. So all I'm telling you is that, look, they've, they've got their credentials. They've been attacked more than any other group that I know of in modern times, and they're true blue to the message. They ride for the brand, which is the United States of America. A final word to you, uh, Eldon. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Sam, for, you know, putting in a good word for the, uh, the New American, the John Birch Society. We, yes, we have uh, many successes over the years. And I certainly would encourage people to, uh, you know, visit JBS.org. Uh, look at, we've got a timeline of, uh, of things that we've been able to accomplish over the years. Uh, and uh, just, of course, don't expect the mainstream media to tell you these things. <laughs> uh, but uh, they're quite impressive. Um, so just uh, you know, get involved in your community. Uh, connect with your local uh, coordinator, whatever, whatever it might be. And uh, uh, we need to we need to save our country. We're we're really uh, at a critical time in our country. So so get involved. Eldon Stahl, God bless you. Thank you for your time, sir. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. That's uh, great to great to be on. Great to hear your voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we need your financial support. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, BrighteonRadio.com. Those are the few of the players that make this national and global syndication possible. Standing for liberty. That's who we are. God, family, and country, baby. Those are the solutions. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.